Welcome to the Savings Angel Show. I'm Josh Ellis, the Chief Executive Angel at SavingsAngel.com, podcasting rain or shine from Orlando, Florida. I'm an extremely busy consumer expert, money-saving advocate, syndicated newspaper columnist, and the guy that turns digital entrepreneurs into media celebrities at upmyinfluence.com. I love what I do, and I can't wait to get going on today's episode. Now, in order to help you save more, earn more, and live more abundantly on today's show, I'll be covering four ways to save money on wedding gifts. Tips on mindful spending with Julia and Philip Olson of Two Cents, and the powerful benefits of in store shopping. You ready to save more? So let's get started. Hey, before we get going on today's show, I want to introduce you to a new podcast that I'm involved in. You're going to hear me do the intro and outro, and it's for my other company, upmyinfluence.com. And uh, what we do over there is we turn thoughtful entrepreneurs into media celebrities. Uh, I've been so blessed to be able to appear in the media over 2,000 times. And, And meanwhile, I know that there are so many good moms and dads and men and women who are business owners and they're doing everything they can to serve others. And the thing that they may be missing is exposure. And so one thing that we're committed to over at Up My Influence is helping all people create a positive impact in the world. And so we started this podcast and it's called The Thoughtful entrepreneur. And if you could do a search for it right now in your podcast player, again, you'll hear me do the uh, intro and outro, and you'll hear Jennifer Longworth, who is actually the editor. She has been my podcasting compadre for years now. She's the one that does all the work on this Savings Angel Show podcast. And so we're so excited that she now is the, she has her, she has her voice. She has her own voice. Uh, and she's able to talk with really, really great business owners and you get to hear their real story. We keep the podcast really short, generally about 15 minutes or so. Uh, so it's really, really great to hear real stories from real business owners all about, you know, what it's like to be in business with your spouse, uh, how they're growing and scaling their business, kind of the impact that they have on the world as well. So again, Please search for that right now. I would be honored if you'd consider giving it a listen or two and, uh, of course, subscribing to that if you like what you hear. But again, it's called The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. And uh, again, I'm just so proud of the work that we're doing over there to help good business owners create a bigger impact in the world. So if you're ready to get going with The Savings Angel Show, let's get started with four ways to save money on wedding gifts. Now, it's an honor to be invited to a wedding, and it could be a lot of fun picking out the perfect gift for a newlywed couple, but many of the traditional wedding gifts can be expensive. You may not have a big enough budget to buy an expensive gift, especially if you're attending multiple weddings in a short time span. Now, thankfully, you can save money while still getting a thoughtful gift for the happy couple. So, here are four ways to save money on wedding gifts without looking like a cheapskate. Number one, shop early. As soon as you get the wedding invitation or the save the date announcement, start searching for the perfect gift, especially if you're planning on buying a gift from the couple's wedding registry. Now, most couples register for a wide variety of items with varying price points. Now, if you wait to buy your gift, all of the inexpensive items on the registry may be snatched up by other guests. By shopping early, you can find a gift on the couple's registry that fits within your budget, and you know they'll love it because they specifically asked for it. Now, if you're not shopping from a registry, it can still help to start looking for a gift as soon as possible. Now, this allows you to take advantage of sales and other promotions so you can get a fabulous gift for a fraction 
of its normal price. Number two, give a group gift. Now, if you really want to give a nice, expensive gift to a newlywed couple, find other wedding guests to go in on it with you. Group gifts work best when the givers all know each other very well, so don't choose random wedding gifts. That's not going to turn out very well. Your good friends and close family members are the best options. After you decide on which gift you want to buy together, divide up the cost evenly between all the givers so you know how much you each owe. Now, you can have one person buy the gift, then have everyone else in the group reimburse him or her for their portion of the cost. Or each person in the group can buy a gift card to the same store, and one person can collect the gift cards and use those to buy the gift. Now, if you want to save even more money, you can earn free gift cards with swag bucks by taking surveys, watching videos, searching the web, and more. Now, just use your gift card rewards to pitch in to the group gift. Number three, use the registry as inspiration. Now, if you look at the wedding registry and there's nothing on it that fits within your price range, and this can happen, you just have to get a little bit more creative. Use the registry as inspiration, then buy an item not on the registry at all. Now, the registry will give you a good idea of the colors and styles the couple likes, as well as telling you what types of things they need. Now, if they register for a lot of kitchen items, think of a kitchen item that you use all the time that they might not have thought to register for. If most of the requested items follow the same color scheme, look for a small decorative object using those same colors. If you're worried about them not liking the item you choose, you can always include a gift receipt so they can exchange it or return it. Number four, give homemade or personalized items. Now, homemade or personalized items are sometimes even better appreciated than the gifts a couple registers for. If you're particularly skilled at crafting, you can make something for the couple that they will use and cherish for years, such as a quilt or a Christmas ornament. However, if you're not very artistic... Don't worry, you're in good company. You still have options. Purchase an inexpensive but nice quality object, such as a picture frame, and have it personalized by someone else. Some great personalization options include the names of the bride and groom and the date of the wedding. Etching and painting are both great options. This turns the gift into a meaningful keepsake in addition to it being useful. And look, being a great gift giver, that just makes, doesn't that make you feel abundant? And feeling abundant is part of living abundantly. Now, when spending your hard-earned money, it's important to understand the difference between essential items and luxuries. That's why I've invited Julia and Philip Olson from Two Cents, and they've partnered with PBS uh, online, and, and they have a really great program. You can find their programs on Facebook, in fact. And so I'm so excited to bring Julia and Philip Olson from Two Cents on the show. All right, and I'd like to welcome Julia and Philip Olson, who are the hosts of Two Cents which appears on PBS Digital and also Facebook Watch. And so I came across this probably just because I'm interested in consumer stuff. And so Facebook suggested it to me and I started watching your videos and they are the cutest, most <laughs> well done personal finance little little uh series little tv shows that you've tv episodes that you've created and i absolutely love them and i want to make sure that i shared this amazing find with my audience so welcome to the show thank you thanks great to be here can you tell us what two cents is 
Sure. So Two Cents is a, um, a PBS digital show, um, short form. So they're usually around like four to six minutes in length. And it's where we cover topics having to do with personal finance and even economics sometimes. So really about introducing people to you know, trying to up people's financial literacy in a, uh, an approachable way. Well, and they're so well done. How are you? Produ- I mean, these are so great. Like, I'm so envious. Like, I love what you guys are creating. It's so beautiful and so fun. Like, how do you produce uh, these videos? Well, we have a super talented couple of friends that are sort of the yes. behind the scenes on the show named Katie mm-hmm. and Andrew, who are also a married couple. And so they're kind of a team that help us film it with really high quality cameras and, and sound yeah. equipment. Andrew uh, animates and edits each episode himself. And they just do such a great, they make us look really good. They're they're professional filmmakers. So they know what they're doing. They're kind of like South by Southwest darlings. They've had some really big films of their own that that have been picked up by larger distribution companies. So yeah, we're we're really lucky that we're with other people who know what they're doing. (laughs) And you guys, Julie and Philip have a a, a background in theater and it shows. (laughs) You're really fun to watch. You've got great energy, uh, just so perfect. And so could you kind of talk about some of the topics that you've covered in Two Cents so far? Yeah. So we, we try to cover topics that, that people have either either wondered about or might not be on their radar, but probably should. So our first episode, uh, we titled How Cars Can Keep You Poor. And we discussed the dangers of depreciation and interest and kind of um, what the difference between a used car and a new car can cost you over a lifetime. Uh, we explore an episode about getting out of debt because that's something a lot of folks our age are thinking about and worried about and the kind of most effective way to do that according to uh, behavioral science and behavioral mm-hmm. psychology. And then we just had one come out uh, last week that's about sort of on-demand services like Uber and Lyft and Instacart and TaskRabbit and when uh, using those services is a luxury and when using those can actually be a form of leverage to help you uh, make better use of your time or get more done. Yeah. And then coming up um, in the future, because we have signed a uh, an ongoing agreement, which we were really excited about with PBS, um, we're going to talk about mutual funds, like what the heck those are. How much does having a baby cost? Yes. <laughs> just, just kind of yeah, more accessible everyday financial questions. That's great. So if you don't mind, like I'd love to talk about uh, particularly the um, on-demand services. Can you tell me or share kind of what you discovered or kind of what conclusion you came to in that video? And we don't have to spoil everything. I mean, you can right now, you can watch it and, and, and we should tell people like how they can find the videos. If in face one, I'd say the easiest way, at least the way I find it is if in Facebook, you just search for the words two cents yep. PBS mm-hmm. and you'll find it. It'll come right up. And then of course you can subscribe and I'll have you explain how Facebook watch works in just a little bit as well. But I'd, I'd love for you to share kind of what you found with all these on-demand services. Yeah. So these apps and these services are just exploding, right? Yeah. You just hear about, this is the Uber for dot, Next. dot, dot <laughs> all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. And we were sort of, you know, wondering how that affects your overall economy and, you know, is it a good idea to use these or not? Yeah. Now, these services have really exploded in the last probably five, six years. Um, and yeah. what we kind of broke it down to was a question of, is this sort of service 
leverage or luxury? Yeah, because I think Mm. this was prompted because, you know, in our day to day life, we run a financial planning firm and I'm looking at people's budgets, you know, every day, literally, what are they spending their money on? And I was having these, I found myself having these conversations with couples and individuals, uh, you know, who are really trying to kind of get their spending on track. And they had a lot of these services in their life and trying to explain like, when does it make financial sense to take advantage of these? And when does it not? So I think that was kind of Mm. prompted from those sort of real world (laughs) examples. Yeah. So for example, like Instacart, like what what did you find out with Instacart? We found a couple of interesting things. One of them is that the the way that um, fees are treated in these services may not be super obvious. So with Instacart, for example, you do pay a delivery fee. I think it was maybe five or six dollars. Not Uh not terribly much, but one uh, kind of source we cited actually broke down the costs of what the goods bought would cost if you went to the store compared to if you brought you an Instacart. And it was basically a double the difference. It was between like $70 and $160, something like that. Very, very subtle markups of everything that you don't necessarily notice uh, that increases the cost quite a bit. And so what you mean, Instacart, you're paying more per product per item. Yeah, They have kind of a hidden built in mm-hmm. um, sort of premium on the prices that is not disclosed anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and it totally depends. Like it isn't just like a flat. It depends what you buy. Yes. It depends where you are. And so somebody actually broke down. You'd have to, do a good amount of legwork to figure yeah. this out because you'd have to go buy those things all on your own uh, in order to, to see the difference. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's wow. To I had no idea. Yeah. We didn't either. No. <laughs> we, we started researching this. Yeah. You know, there's a couple of things like I like the idea of people ordering ahead of time and shopping on their computer because then they're less prone to impulse purchases. Yes. However, uh, I am not a big fan of these hidden or I shouldn't say hidden. They're just tricky fees yes. that, that, that are tacked on. Yeah. We have a whole episode on, on shopping at the grocery store and something that's a very big factor of that is the impulse buying is kind of the biggest yeah. battle when you go it, the way everything's placed and the colors and the sounds in the grocery yeah. store are designed to make you spend more. So oh, yeah. we hope we can avoid that by going to Instacart and they get you there too. Yeah. And at this, oh, you know, no. this service is pretty new. So we weren't able to find, you know, a, a study that, that would compare the two, um, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's, it's, better to do it this way or, you know, subject yourself to impulse buys going in. So we don't really have hard facts on that at this point, but um, our takeaway was really to just be mindful and, and not take for granted that it's, uh, it's necessarily as straightforward as it seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you have the ability to make more, make extra money, like either by working overtime or by, you know, working on your side hustle, it like literally instead of going to the market, then sometimes it can make sense. But for, mm. for most people, I think who are utilizing those services, that isn't really how they think about it. I think, yeah, I think some wow. folks can like, so for us, uh, yeah. we have, um, I love to use TaskRabbit to have mm-hmm. kind of a handy person come out and do handiwork. Although I could do that. I'm not very fast or very good at it. And mm-hmm. I would have to probably take some time off of work to, to do these big projects. And so when I compare the cost for a TaskRabbit service to what I make at work, um, it actually uh-huh. leverage is more efficient for me to not do that stuff than to do it on my own. Boy, I feel like, I feel like such a, a noob here, but I actually have not 
ever use TaskRabbit. Oh. Um, and I, I actually just had, I, you know, we have a, a plumber that we've used for other mm-hmm. tasks. And I thought, well, look, I know how to change out the gasket in the toilet. Like I could do everything in a toilet, but I'm like, you know what? It's just, I'm so busy with work right now. I'm just going to pay and have him do it. And I was thinking, well, it's probably going to be $30 because it would probably take me about 30, 45 minutes or something like that. And it ended up, he wanted to charge me $60. And I'm like, what? And, and uh, I was I was kind of surprised with that. But I'm like, that might be a perfect job for to, to look up on TaskRabbit to see if I could get it done for less. Yeah, so you'll... All the different uh, people that you can use have different rates depending on how skilled they are and how you know how good reviews uh-huh. they have. What cracked me up is the number one service that TaskRabbit people are hired for mm-hmm. is to uh, assemble IKEA furniture for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just yeah, I, I've spent many many a frustrated hour yeah. assembling. Mm-hmm. And definitely, and I feel like, you know, utilizing these kinds of services, even though they're very easy to sign up for and to take advantage yeah. of, I think we need to remember that these are luxuries. I mean, being able to outsource labor for your, you know, your everyday chores is is a luxury, you know, to be able to do that. And so to keep that in mind in the larger context of where you are in your finances, like if you're struggling with debt and you've got, or, you know, you've got some big goal that you're trying to achieve, you know, put, putting this and engaging with this in context of that, I think is an important conversation to have and not just say, well, it's saving me time. Therefore it's saving me money. Like that's not true. I love it. Julie and Philip explain what Facebook watch is. Yeah, so it's new. We didn't know what it was a year ago. Me either. <laughs> so uh, Facebook obviously has videos in it all the time, but they're always they're usually coming from an outside source like YouTube. And so Facebook decided to launch their own kind of version of yeah, that um, their own platform last fall. And um, all the content is kind of professionally produced, curated content. So you can't just have a yeah. Facebook Watch channel because you you want to start it yourself. It, it, it's going to be through a major a major kind of distribution company like PBS. Mm-hmm. And so um, when we launched the show, we had the choice of debuting on YouTube or on Facebook Watch. And because our, our show, we want to kind of build a community and for folks to share advice and kind of uh, interact with each other, we thought Facebook Watch would be yeah. the better fit. In a generally more positive environment, believe yeah. it or not. <laughs> it's a little more friendly than YouTube. Yes. Yeah. So we decided to, to give that a try and we've been really happy with it so far. Yeah. Well, Julie and Philip, I'm really excited for the work that you're doing. Thank you for fighting the good fight and doing it in such a fun and entertaining way. Um, are any of these, um, do you think any of these videos, gosh, because the animation is so cute, are, are you doing topics that would be geared more toward a younger audience? Yeah, our our idea was for it to kind of be for the 20s and 30s age, although lots of people older than that have definitely loved it. Yeah. We kind of fail, especially recently out of college or early into adulthood. Um, you know, there's a sense of like, I never was taught this stuff. I never learned yeah. this stuff in school. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I would say that's kind of our main target. But yeah, pe- people of all ages have engaged with us. Yeah, definitely. And I think the visual aspect 
of it is super important because a lot of what we're talking about, you know, especially in the financial world can seem very vague and hard to grasp, but putting it in a visual context that's like bright and cheery, you know, not just like a bunch of ugly gray graphs, um, I think makes a much bigger impact. Finance can be so dry. And so we're talking, you know, let's talk about depreciation with melting ice cream cones and let's describe a (laughs) bowl of salad. And it's just hopefully it sticks in people's brains. Yeah, that's what we hope. Well, I love it. Well, guys, thank you so much. Again, the show is called Two Cents, and you can find it on Facebook Watch. Uh, is uh, and, and that's how it's distributed uh, through your affiliation with PBS as well. Is, is uh-huh. that correct? And, there, and we did get a lot of um, asks, especially from teachers who want to show this content in the classroom but can't access Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for, for those people, um, if you do look, just go to pbs.org and just search for us, just search for, for two cents, you can find the videos there as well. I love it. All right. Philip and Julia Olson with Two Cents. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, again, if you haven't watched the Two Cents videos yet, they're super cute. Go watch them. You're going to fall in love with Julie and Philip. They're fantastic. Thanks, guys. Super Thanks. fun. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much to Julia and Philip Olson from Two Cents. I love those guys. I love my conversation with them, and I love the work that they're doing. Now, paying attention to where and how you spend your money can help you live more abundantly. That's why I want to talk about the powerful benefits of in-store shopping. Now, online shopping is one of the great conveniences of our modern day. With a few clicks, you can get practically anything you need delivered to your door without ever having to leave the comfort of your home. Now, while online shopping definitely has its place... In-store shopping has some distinct advantages that may make you think twice before you order something online. Now, here are six benefits of shopping in-store. Number one, no shipping costs. Now, shipping costs can add up quickly, turning a once reasonably priced item into a budget buster. Now, this is especially true with heavy, large, or odd-shaped items. Picking up the items you need from the store in person saves you those high shipping prices. Now, to save on gas, try lumping all of your errands together and make a comprehensive shopping list. Now, see, this way, you won't have to go back to the store a bunch of times, because that stinks, and your shipping savings won't get eaten up at the gas pump. Number two, you know exactly what you're getting. Have you ever ordered an item online only to realize it's not what you expected? Now, when you shop in person, you can see the items more clearly. You can also handle them to get a better idea of the quality. Seeing an item in person rather than in a photograph online allows you to be sure of the size, shape, and color of the item you're buying. This means less buyer's remorse and no hassle with trying to return an item that wasn't what you expected. Number three, fewer impulsive purchases. Online shopping is so easy that you may not think twice about buying certain items, even if you don't really need them. Now, in addition to this, checking out of a virtual store may not seem as real as physically handing a cashier your debit card or cash, which can lead to overspending. 
Now, by shopping in person, you take a longer time with choosing the product, walking it over to the register, and paying for it. During this long process, you may decide that you don't actually need that item after all. You'll not only save money this way, but also save your home from unnecessary clutter. I actually just went through this by uh, considering replacing our grill. By the time I went to the store and started looking at them, I, I just had more time to think about it and, and be less impulsive. And you know, by the time I looked at them and I realized, well, the one I want is really not in my budget today, I, I just decided, you know what? I'm cool. I can, I can wait for another year before I replace my grill. Number four. You don't have to wait for your purchase to arrive. While the process of purchasing items online is easy, waiting for the items to arrive can be inconvenient, especially if it's an item you need urgently. Now, some online stores offer fast shipping, but this often costs extra money. And when you shop in-store and in-person, you receive your items immediately, so you can use them right away. Now, this is perfect when you have a tight deadline, but it's also great if you're just excited to use your new purchase. Number five, get out in your community and build relationships. Now, when you can do practically all of your errands online, you may not have many opportunities to get out of the house. If you're not careful, you can start to feel isolated from your community. Now, by going out and shopping in stores, you gain valuable interaction with other people. You also have a chance to support local businesses and build relationships with the people who live and work in your community. I love this. I meet so many people in my local area at stores. I love stopping and chatting, blah, blah, blah. Now, this can also lead to further opportunities to socialize with others and render service as well. Finally, number six, you do help out the local economy. Now, when shopping online, your money goes far away from your home community, and it may even go to another country. Now, by shopping in-store, you give a tremendous boost to your local economy and help build job opportunities for your neighbors. So there you go. Those are the six powerful benefits of in-store shopping. I hope you got some good insight on this and some ways that you can shop a little smarter and enjoy the process as well. And saving money and enjoying the process is certainly part of living abundantly. Now, if you've loved hearing everything on this podcast, would you take a minute to leave a five-star review in iTunes? By doing so, you help us get this podcast out to more people. The higher our rating, the more we're noticed. I can't do this without you. As always, if you have any specific questions or if there's something you'd like to hear me talk about, you could drop me a comment in the podcast feedback. Write me on our Facebook group. We have a private Facebook group. Just search for Savings Angel. Come and join us. You're going to like these people. We love saving money. We love living a we love sharing great uh, shopping and, and spending tips and techniques uh, to help us all live more abundantly. And you can also call my podcast hotline. Give me a call right now. It's 407-205-9250 and leave me a message. I'll answer your question, write you back, or with your permission, I might even share your question or story with others on this show. With that, have a wonderful week full of saving more, earning more, and living more abundantly. And thank you for listening. Thoughtful Entrepreneur.